Welcome to the Harmonics Podcast, everybody. This is episode 30. It is. We're wow. 30. Yep. Oh, my Lord. Um, episode 30 of the Harmonics Podcast. We've got an exciting one today. We have a couple uh, special guests from our Dance Central team. Oh, and our, our most special guest is just walking in right now, Mr. John Drake. Emphasis on special. With his uh, double fisting Diet Coke. Jeez. Couldn't have, couldn't have come and get me before you left. Huh? You were gone. I was You're in getting the sandwiches. office. Oh, we no don't know these things. You need to have like a sign that says Drake is in, Drake is you out. You are a horrible human. <laughs> I love uh, you. Whatever. We just literally just started. Oh, that's cool. Yep. So you stole uh, the introduction thunder. So. That works. <laughs> I don't know. So apart from John Drake, uh, Ali Thrasher, of course, is here, and I'm Eric Pope. But uh, we've also got uh, Ryan Chalinor. And Mike Krentz. Hey, guys. Mm, yeah. So, <laughs> um, actually, Mike, you might want to be closer to the mic, and then Drake can yeah, use yeah, Alice. Yeah. Behind Alley, I'm we pretty project. Loud. <laughs> Drake's very loud. Um, so, specifically, you two worked on the UI, the user interface for Dance Central. Is that correct? Yep. You wave your hands around, and you can choose songs and play the game. Right. You did that? Yes. Amazing. Mm-hmm. He did, too. <laughs> he made it look pretty. It was a collective view. Right. So, Ryan, your side of things was on the programming. Yep. And Mike, yours was on the art side. Right. Um, so, take us through, Connect is a whole new system, never existed before. Yep. Uh, Dance Central, one of the first titles for it. Uh, we didn't know how other companies were going to use it, right? So, like, we sort of had to forge our own path. Yeah, like, nobody had figured out how to make a UI for this sort of thing yet, um, Microsoft included, so they were just like, oh, we don't want to impose any restrictions on you, just make whatever you want to, uh, just make a way to make, use the UI. Um, so we just had to kind of dive in and do that. So no sort of like book of standards that you need right. to follow or anything? Right, so it was really weird. Um, we didn't know what to do at all. Well, and so. we do have that on other games, right? I mean, there's like huge, a huge list of standards for UI, and UI is user interface for yep. people who are yep. familiar with the lingo the ling, as I call the it. game dev world. <laughs> no, I just call um, it lingo. But yeah, <laughs> but this is totally like there were no standards that, well nothing was preset. It's like the Wild they West. Didn't, they didn't set aside like a list of things you had to do or didn't right. have to do. So they, there's usually these things called TCRs, which mm-hmm. is like all these things you have to fulfill to like be an Xbox game. And every, like Sony has them for PS3 and they have them for, for Nintendo. Um, but like one had, example is like with a regular game, I think if is, you should be able to go straight to the game if you keep mashing A, right? Or start yeah. or something. And also, like, little things. Like, like if you press A to go forward, then you need to show the A button on the screen as an icon. So uh-huh. you don't press that. But, like, this was so new, Microsoft didn't know what they were doing yet or anything. So they hadn't really written these TCRs yet. And the ones they did, they did write were kind of like, eh, I don't know if we're going to do that. <laughs> so uh, Here's an idea or whatever. Well, like, they wrote these things, but they didn't know how people were going to use them yet. Um, so then, like, once they hit the developers, then we were like, That's, this doesn't really make sense. So there's a lot of back and forth of them editing them. And I think that they probably did that with all developers. And they didn't even have their dashboard at the time, right? Like, they were working on that at the same time right. we, we were starting work on our game, right? Yeah. Like, they, uh, they went through a lot of iterations. Um, like, we, we prototyped a lot and went through a bunch of different stuff. And then at some point, they came in... And they talked about what they'd been doing with their UI. And it was funny because... horrible. <laughs> yes. Uh, In its early phases, yeah. the early technology. Yes. It got better. It yes, did it better. did get better. Um, <laughs> Which is an important part of your talk at MIGS, is that like when we saw it at first, it was like, uh, 
I don't like the way this works. And then by the time it launched, it actually works pretty well. Now. Right. Um, yeah, it kept, kept improving. But like back then, it was like really shaky, and we were like, ah, I don't even know if we can make a UI with this. <laughs> but they they showed us a bunch of their prototypes, and it's funny because they were like the same as our prototypes that we like. We both independently did a bunch of the same stuff, and then. <laughs> Uh, I just talked at this conference the other day, and I had a bunch of people come up to me, and they'd also worked on Connect UIs, and they were like, yeah, we did all those same prototypes. <laughs> so it's funny, we all were solving the same problem and in the same way, and we all ended up in different places, but a lot of the steps in between were, were the same steps. And we ended up in the right place. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I think we got a pretty good solution. <laughs> Mike is the least diplomatic person. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Unfiltered. Um, that's really fascinating. It's kind of it's it's not something that happens very often in gaming. Is that like here's a new thing? Everyone go figure out your own way to do it. And yeah. And for the most part, what we're hearing is the way people are reacting to our system is very positive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You actually had hard numbers, right, from playtesting? Uh, yeah. Well, there was this beta program that Microsoft, the Microsoft Connect, uh, and they had a survey they did of like which UI was your favorite of any game. Uh, and we had like two-thirds over all the other games. Um, and then there was another one which was like, how easy did you find uh, uh, Dance Central's UI to use? And it was like over 90% said at least somewhat easy to use. Uh, and no one said like very difficult to use. So that was, uh, that was really satisfying to see that kind of response. Right. Um, I think that there's, I mean, I think there's also something to be said for even these launch titles versus what might come next yep. is that the problems that we seem to be solving and that Microsoft is solving is a very like menu based game, right? It's very much like yep. you're getting to something and then doing something else. Like you're getting into your Connect ID, you're getting into right. the tuner, you're getting into your dance routine. And some of the other games, like you can even look at Connectables and say, you know, most of that's about interacting. You're not really selecting different options or levels. You're right. sort of like interacting with a thing sort of perpetually. That's sort of yeah. the point. I think that's sort of a big harmonics thing. It's right. like a big meta game. Yeah. Uh, a lot of time in the UI, like a lot of the game takes place in the UI. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it was like a bigger challenge for us than some other developers because they yeah. could, it was much smaller to get in there. Which doesn't mean that there won't be other experiences down the road that are sort of unique and, and awesome in their own right. way. I think right now we just found sort of the best menu-driven selection system. And I guess the basic thing it comes down to is like swiping, right? Swiping versus yeah, um, grabbing. Mm -hmm. Grabbing. Well, Microsoft is like a hover and wait approach, so it's like right. a, it's like a mouse that you can't click. So it's like you hover over a button, and then after a, a second or bar. two, uh, then you select that thing. Mm -hmm. um, but we went with more of a uh, like a vertical. It's like a one D list of options, and then you you swing your hand across your body to select it. Um, and it ended up being pretty intuitive. Um, I think Mike's art helped that a lot. Um, yeah, talk about that a little bit, Mike. Like, first of all, as an, as from the art side, it must be sort of sort of gratifying to be able to come at something that hasn't been done before. The options are sort of wide open. That's probably the best, the best, one of the best places for an artist to work, isn't it? Yeah, it is. There's the the issue of convincing everyone of like what I was seeing uh, what we ended up with at least f for my perspective was what I saw from the beginning so it was just a matter of getting something to Ryan that let him know that we could get on the same page yeah. just try to give a direction to yeah. him. so how it all played out was we had like uh, six months of prototyping to get this kind of like how are we going to even use the UI we went through a bunch of different stuff like you have a cursor and you could like push a button by extending or 
uh, all sorts of thing. We had a, we had a bunch of stuff, uh, and like the talk that I did, all I talked about was like, here's all of our prototypes. Um, yeah, it's funny that early on, I think we all wanted to push. Yeah, we all wanted. It wasn't things, there. We like didn't realize that like pressing on air just feels really really bad. Um, <laughs> and I think like that's probably what Microsoft tried at first, and that's what everyone tried at first is how can you push on air? Well, how do you make a button out of something with no buttons, right? Right, and like pushing on a button seems like that's really intuitive, but when you're pushing on nothing and you're like, ah, there's nowhere to go. <laughs> right. Um, so then, like, after we started to, like, get down and, like, get an idea of what our prototypes were, and we had this one prototype where it was, like, a vertical list of these buttons, and you drag the entire button across the screen. And that was, like, kind of cool, but it looked really weird, and it didn't really feel right. So we kind of moved on from it, and we tried a, a couple of different type, sort of prototypes, but, like, Mike really liked that sliding the button across, uh, across the screen thing. So, so does that, would that be like sort of like Photoshop where you have your set of tools and you select the tool and then you go and use it? Is that what you mean by having like a list of... Um, this was sort of like... Or was it more like like literally slide a little... Yeah, it was thing. literally oh. like it was literally like, like five sliders and you oh, just move okay. and like slide across the screen. Oh, okay. And it looked really goofy and I didn't really... Like, I, I didn't really see how we could take it into something that would be cool and feel right. And then, but like Mike saw how that would work. Uh, so like he made this video just in Maya... Uh, of like, instead of having these buttons along the side of the screen, you had these pink ribbons that went across the screen with the text on them, and then like, the ribbons got bigger when your hand was near them. And then like, all of a sudden, the whole thing made sense to me, and like, we could go back to those sliding buttons across the screen with like a different treatment and some polish, and uh, that's really what made the whole thing. And like, now the final UI is these pink ribbons from that video so long ago. Cool. Um, it it's interesting because like UI is something that's in every game, every every program you use on a computer. Um, but to actually be hearing a game praised for its user interface must be pretty pretty gratifying. Yeah. Well, usually if you hear about UI, it's because it's bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Otherwise, it's just unmentioned. Yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of people have remarked that this it feels so like you have your arm out to the, to the right your right side, and it yeah, feels like point. you're actually like. You're moving down this menu. If, if it somehow has this illusion of being tactile, yeah, yeah, something it's pretty incredible. I feel like maybe it was a little bit of luck in like how we <laughs> land. I don't know. Maybe maybe it was all. Maybe that was all you like was the, the visual. But we'll the way call it, it luck. <laughs> <laughs> the way it is visually just makes it work the way you'd expect. Almost like a lot of people pick it up just on their own. Like we ended up adding a little tutorial on how to use it, but most people didn't even need that. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, crazy. We've had little little tiny kids at like family days or demos, like little four year old kids walk up without having seen anyone do it and just lift their arms up and know that just figure it out. Yeah. So And it also sort of gives you a freedom because people do things slightly different, like maybe they won't instinctively put their arm out to their side, but yeah. sort of to their front and sort of like they're holding an invisible pen. Yeah. <laughs> And swipe that way, but it still works, which I think is really cool. Yeah, we did a lot of tuning to sort of like match. And like I did a lot of like watching play tests and stuff. Because no one swipes the same way, right? That was one of the yeah. things that I that your, yeah. your talk was about. Was that that was... You'd think that swiping would be a pretty universal, <laughs> like hold your hand on the side and wave across your <laughs> body, and everyone does it sort of differently. Well, at first I was trying to like figure it out, like every single way that anyone would swipe. Like, oh, we'll just use that. But that was really tough to do. So then what we did was. We have the thing like when you're like partially there, like it animates, so you can yeah. see it. Uh, so that way, like if you if you can do it almost right, then you're like, oh, I'm almost there, and then you learn how to do it the right way. So that way, we don't have to match everyone's idea of a swipe, but we can uh, we can train people to do it how we want them to, and uh, that's way easier than yes. uh, 
training our system to do it how people want. Or you can do what we do at some events, which is hold the controller behind our backs and let people make think that they're out there. You when it's like a two year old, you're like, don't look, don't worry. The thing is, she's having fun. Little kids pick it up much easier than yeah. adults because they just. They just look at it and know how it works. Adults always want to be like, I got it, I got it, I got it. I'm astounded at how many people don't follow a simple direction. Okay, hold your hand to your right and have your palm face the screen. And they're like, left hand straight forward. And you're like, no. That's like, literally zero of the three things. I had one woman at PAX who kept putting it above her head and I was like, wait. Where where would you even get that from? Where's, you're where did that come from? I saw that Microsoft had these play tests they were running, so we could like watch a live feed of them mm -hmm. uh, in Washington, and like it was weird seeing people, and also like they were like three thousand miles away, so I couldn't like yell at them and go like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> so I just had to suffer and watch them like swing their arms around in the air. Um, it's a great a dance move from the game. Actually, yeah, that was uh, Frenchie put that in. Uh, yeah. I asked her to put those the select and back moves in, and. Uh, she put them in. in Sometimes poke. people get that right away and they think it's really funny. Other times people are like, I don't understand the name of this move. Why is it selecting back? I'm going to go through the menus and see if I can figure it out. You're like, you're doing that thing the whole time. That, that is you, how you drive. Simple people. Well, the great, really well, the great thing about the UI is that it's, it's also being complimented because it's, like you were saying about how UIs, you know, only really get pointed out if they're sort of clusters. Right. Uh, is that like, it's, being ironically pointed out because it's so natural and feels sort of like normal, like the yeah. way it should be. Yeah. And that's a weird thing for people like to notice how natural something feels. Like that's yeah. a very confusing sort of catch twenty two. But everyone, I mean, all the all the critics seem to be writing it up. People whose job is to think about that stuff. Yeah. Everyone else seems just happy to play the game. Yeah. And not, some of the good comments think about it. I've heard of like look, looking at review comments and stuff like that. Like one of the best ones I saw was that they played it at a party with their family. Like everyone from like four to up to eighty mm -hmm. could get it. And the best thing was that the UI was like invisible, like nobody mentioned it. Right. It was like one person was like, oh, it's pretty cool that you don't need to use controller. But other than that, like nobody said anything. So there were no complaints. And that's a really cool thing to hear. Well, and also the, the, the I actually think that the, the hover and hold UI is effective in its own right, like in certain yeah. situations. And like especially if you're sitting on the couch. Right, exactly. Is... Like I've loved it for, especially like watching Zoom videos and things like that. It's been great to just sort of grab and throw and that, that's just how it works pretty well. Um, but I actually have seen, like, doing a lot of the press tour stuff with Microsoft as they were sort of rolling Connect out to long, you know, to family media and things like that. You know, people get the hold your hand over it, see a cursor, move it around thing. Yeah. And it feels like CSI Miami the future. Like, yeah. it feels like it's a year or two from now. I think particularly because it's like we're used to sort of having, you know, a laser pointer. Like, you point at something right. and something shows up somewhere. But for some reason, the UI you guys ended up putting together... Like, I've never seen people operate a UI and say, wow. And, like, we get wow, like, one out of every four times. And someone, like, you're like, you are the controller. You just step up and swipe. And it sounds yeah. like it's a bad, you know, like, marketing phrase. But <laughs> it's also true. And then they swipe and they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, that <laughs> should not work. Why does that work? And it really does blow people away before they even start dancing. And then hopefully they have an even crazier experience when they're dancing at the same yeah. time. But. I mean, I do think that the cur cursor approach is more immediately apparent, like, how to use mm -hmm. it. Like, people can pick that up so, in, like, three seconds. Yeah. And ours might take, like, five minutes to master it and be, like, really good at it. Like, and that's about, that's about worst-case scenario, but I think that Microsoft is trying to solve the three-second problem. Yeah, yeah. Because um, well, well, I think the other thing is if you don't know anything about anything and you yeah. walk up, there's immediate feedback on the screen for right. where you are in space and what's going on. Yeah. And a lot of people... I mean, we talk, Dean talks about sometimes that one of the designers on Dance Central talks about like sort of the cone of understanding, yes. which I know is something we talk about in Rock Band too, and that's the idea that, you know, when you first step up to a game, you see a little bit of the screen, like the exact stuff you need to see, and it sort of expands over time seeing the full screen. Yeah. People sometimes don't even understand there's a little box with a preview window of them yeah. in real time, so the mouse and cursor thing is 
very immediate and you can see what you're doing. And even though there's something on screen telling you, if you're trying to figure out what's going on and you're doing it completely wrong, like Allie's friend with the hand over her head, you know, we try to give you feedback. Like, I know we yeah. have that, that full screen flash that says, like, stick your arm out to the side, dummy. Like, yeah. why aren't you following the direction? And people, but people sometimes don't even get that. Yeah. And they got the only, not, it's not a shortcoming to you, but the only thing that that mouse over thing does better is sort of, there's always something present telling you, like, right. what to do. It's totally familiar. familiar. Right, exactly. yeah. It's familiar and instant, which is why it's great for that three second problem. Yeah. Anyway, absolutely. just not, I'm, I try to always give Microsoft a little bit of proper Sure. There's a lot of problems yeah. to solve. Oh, yeah. Uh, People think we are yeah. hating. We are hating. Big no. part of the resistance for me with that was I just didn't like doing that on the iToy. Totally. Like it made the iToy feel old when it was new, mm-hmm. and so I just personally wanted to escape that immediately. Yeah. Just to also to not draw comparisons to the iToy because there's a lot of I think people tended to do that early on with the Galactus. Yeah. To try to call it something old and not. It's a camera with right. a video game console, yeah. whatever. And it's yeah, like, exactly. it does some more stuff. We can do <laughs> yeah, so I think this is a good, uh, a good way to illustrate that with, with our UI. But that's it's, sort of the cool thing without the cursor is that yeah. you're like scrolling up and down that menu, you feel like you're actually in there. Like you're yeah. in there moving it and not using that's the what cursor. That's a big complaint it. everyone had with the cursor. Because I was a big supporter of using a cursor early on. I wanted to use it in sort of different ways than the hover and sure. hold. But uh, everyone felt like. The cursor was like in between them and the UI. It was like they're steering a cursor and the cursors interact with the UI. But with what we ended up, and that was a big artist complaint. Like I know that was yeah, something you had a lot. I was whining about that a lot. <laughs> um, but with. I'd like to see a sitcom involving you two <laughs> making this game. <laughs> oh, it was there. Twice, <laughs> twice a week. Yeah. In that, in that meeting. Uh, but uh, yeah, when we got rid of the cursor, then all of a sudden that layer was gone. It was like it feels like you're pulling these things in the menu, and it was a, that was, became really satisfying, and it was really cool. We say immersive all the time, and we say authentic all the time. I think that this, like, we don't usually mean that about the UI. And I think that both Rock right. Band, I think actually both Rock Band three and uh, and Dance Central like take some big steps forward to like making you feel like you're always doing something, and yep. you're always like right in the game with your character, or right yep. in the game with your body in this case, and that's. Pretty rad. I mean, especially because, as you mentioned before, we have such a heavy meta game in all of our titles. So yeah. I think you guys are pretty killer. I think game. it is funny that we need to like you were talking about like Dean talking about the code of understanding mm-hmm. everything. It's really funny that we have to apply these game design concepts to the UI. Right. It's like you wouldn't think you would get there. No. Uh, in, in Fable or in, in you know Call of Duty Black Ops is like yeah you hit yeah, the A button three <laughs> times and you go from play. the main menu to playing the game which is yeah. completely different. Yeah. And, exactly. Yeah. Did both of you work on Rock Band two? Uh, you didn't like. We, we both did Beatles Rock Band. Beatles Rock Band. Yeah, cool. Yeah, you did all of the backgrounds in Beatles Rock Band, right? Sweet. Yeah, so you can see how awesome Mike is at doing UI yeah. art. Mike um, good at art. Yeah. <laughs> um, insane. Yeah, so it must have been sort of an insane jump from doing quite standard menu stuff like up and down, forward and backward, yep. to doing it with this this con- controller without a controller. Yeah, well, we have to turn it into how do we go up and down and go yeah. forward and backward. Um, I guess it's all the same principles, right? So, Yeah. Um, yeah, I felt like I applied a lot of like the standard UI lessons I've learned into this. I mean, once we figured out the basics of what, what our building blocks were, then we could actually make the metagame. Uh, uh, here's something I was wondering. Uh, so Connect can handle voice commands. Yes. Was that ever part of... The Dance Central development? Yeah, so the uh, the API for the voice stuff kind of came on late stage for ah. Microsoft. Um, and there was like an early one, but like the voice commands weren't as good as they are in the final stuff. So by the time we had made decisions about the UI, it was kind of too late to put that in there. And I think that was probably 
this case with all of the launch titles. Because um, none of them, other than Connectimals, use voice at all. Right. Mm. Um, and they use it, I don't know, how, I haven't played much with it, but I think they use it pretty light. It's like you can tell it's your pet's name. It's mostly like, like the recognition of your pet's name, yeah. things like that. And like you can tell them like sit and lie down. Yeah. Um, but I don't think any game depends on it. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited to see, like, in the second round of Connect games, how people actually leverage the voice now that, like, people will have the full tool set. Well, I think that's yeah. one of the most interesting challenges for any Connect game, especially or and Dan Central. That people have been asking us a lot of questions, like, "Well, why didn't you incorporate this? And why doesn't the game have yeah. 900 other features?" And it's like, "Hey, <laughs> like, it's like, okay, we're building a house." On top of a foundation made of like quick set cement that's still wet, so it's like yeah. it's not that the foundation's bad. It's just like the foundation's not done yet, so you don't want to like build a little too aggressively. Yeah. And I think that some of the, I think all the connectors actually did a really good job of setting sort of modest expectations to do fantastic things on top of a pretty crazy yeah. device without overreaching and having just broken experiences. Like the dashboard works great, but I can tell you in July and August when I was doing preview events with Microsoft, it was awful. There were like. 10 things you could say in the dashboard would do perfectly and then there were other things there were like 10 things you could say in the dashboard would do it like a third of the time yeah. and like even in those meetings like the Microsoft PR people weren't like they weren't hating on the dashboard they weren't hating on the device they were just like hey yeah it's like still like a super beta I mean like yeah. it's the end of beta like we're still finishing it right now we were getting you know XDKs as we went oh, through yeah. the that whole was process. tough to work on yeah. the whole thing like we were like really is this as good as it's going to get early on and it got way better but back then it was like oh my god we're not going to be able to make this UI Uh, what have we gotten ourselves into yep cool well um, we got uh, a few questions from a man named Will Smith he is the editor of tested.com oh hell no I love (laughs) it welcome to earth welcome to earth (laughs) Uh, it's a gear gadget by the way way, he loves when you compare him to Will Smith yes he's never never excited never heard it before no yeah because it's really clever (laughs) Will Smith from tested.com yes Uh, it's like a tech website Um, he's keenly interested in the tech side of things his questions may or may not stray from what you guys actually did. So if they do, I if will they do, make, Drake I will is make up make an up, answer. Exactly. That's my that job. Exactly. Excellent. In your face, Smith. Um, okay. So this is more in-game. So he asks, the card cue, so the flashcards he's talking about, is a novel words. way to convey pretty complex info. Mm-hmm. Was that card metaphor part of the initial spec or was it an evolved process? Let's see. Well, that wasn't really the. I, I do UI, but I do menu UI, right. not in game. Um, I'm not sure how early on that I was feel in like there. It was pretty early on. Yeah, I could be remembering wrong, but I think it's pretty close to what they thought it would be. Yeah, that sort of Tetris way. idea was yeah. always there. It's like not that we that, took anything from Tetris. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was more like the human Tetris, like YouTube videos, like that yeah. crazy Japanese game show where you oh, make yes. your, your body a certain mm-hmm. shape and the wall doesn't destroy you. I d- which I is did, one of my favorite things in the world to reference. It did used to be just yeah. like silhouettes, and then they changed it to yeah. being like calling out which limb to use and stuff, which is awesome. It's like yeah. a lot of time you can do the dance move without ever having seen it, just from these two pictures, right. like little tiny silhouette guys. So I think any any game that I mean I so I live with one of the designers of this game right. so I've seen everything from like the first prototypes to now but the, the it was even in those early prototypes there's some sort of call out uh, sort of the down down the highway like roadmap signs right. that we sort of need any game where you have to do things in real time we have real time events whether it's a quick time button press or a dance move or a note for rock band you sort of need to be able to predict what's going to happen accurately you need your expert players to be able to predict it more accurate, look further in the future. So I think there was always, you know, any dancing game, rhythm game has that somewhere. I think that Dance Central initially had them a little different. They've been on different sides of the screen. They've been oh, in yeah, different definitely. orientations. But there's always been some sort of scrolling set of moves, yeah. 
Cool. And then what, there's we have a mode in Dance Center, which is the no flashcards mode. Danger. Hide it. And then all of a sudden the game is impossible. And like, <laughs> how could you ever? How do you know how to dance? You have to memorize it. And that's what the. We could do it for all the E3 songs at this point. I guarantee <laughs> yeah, you, you probably could. All yeah. the E3 songs yeah. with no flashcards. The menus in Dance Central are unique. Ah, that sounds yes. like yeah. right do that. They're unique amongst Kinect games that I've played. Instead of the standard hand as cursor metaphor, DC uses what I feel uh, what I feel like is a much less literal interface that has strong hints of Minority Report, which is a classic movie not well, starring I'm, Will Smith. Like it's amazing how uh, <laughs> how much that example comes up. Like I want to because there was a guy at MIT and he designed that Minority Report interface for the movie. Oh really? Uh, so I want to like email him and be like. As I've worked on this, so many people have said Minority Report to me, so props. When people say Minority Report, it means that menu system now. It's like it, a pervasive yeah, thought. It doesn't yeah, even mean like, the Steven no, Spielberg movie oh, anymore. God, no. It would, means giant screen that you can wave your hands around. With. I would love to hear his thoughts on Connect in general. That's we awesome. should bring yeah. him over. Yeah, let's bring him over. Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> Xbox, um, fine guy who designed Minority Report. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't work. So his actual question follows. What were the inspirations... <laughs> And risks. Minority report. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and risks of going with a less traditional, less familiar interface in what's clearly a mainstream game. Hmm. Tough one. Um, well, minority report was a huge inspiration. Definitely, uh, we wanted something that like felt cool. Like one of the prototypes we had was like a cursor like that. Uh, and since that was when we we tried to extend your arm to select something, yeah, um, yeah. and it wasn't working. So we're like, well, what if you like just bring your left hand up when you want to click? Uh, and then we were like, oh, well, this works great, but it looks stupid, and nobody feels cool doing it. <laughs> right. uh, and that was like definitely like, that's not Minority Report. We can't do that. Um, so that definitely like drove us to try and create something that was cool and yeah. new. Um, I mean, I guess the risk was making something that was too confusing for anyone to pick up. Right. Um, but, but I guess um, at the time, you couldn't even be aware that it would be risk anyway because everyone else was figuring out their own things. So, like, you didn't know what was risk and what was That's true. Stink. I was really, like, I, I wanted to see all the cool stuff that people were going to make in their UIs. Um, everyone pretty much wanted the cursor. One really awesome one is uh, the Ubisoft game, Your State Fitness Evolved. Yeah, yeah. And they do, like, they show you in there and, like, you're grabbing buttons in the air. And they do, like, a hover and wait approach as well. But they treat it so well, like and they have such an awesome like feel to it that it's like I don't even care. So I bought that game just because of the menus. Um, <laughs> uh, but I think that we have a similar thing where like our game like it's treated so well and looks so cool that uh, it makes it feel fun to use and like Minority Report in the future. Spinning yeah. off of Will's question though, do you think in terms of the risk part of Will's question, do you think the style of development we did on Dance Central with all the rapid prototyping is mm -hmm. like what helps us not really? Like, do you guys think about risk a lot, or are you just, like, so busy thinking about, like, whether it works or not moving on to the next thing? I mean, the old, to me, so. the only non-risky thing was hovering, because right. that was something that had been done before. Safe, sure. Yeah. Everything else was essentially a potential risk, because you don't... If no one's used it, they don't know. So playtesting is the only way to find out. Right. And abandoning using a cursor was a huge risk. Yeah. But it was also, like, we saw the greatest potential for reward there. Yeah. Because, uh, like, we... we had the opportunity to create this whole new kind of UI. And if we just went with the cursor, it was like, oh, well, that's kind of been done already. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's not really like, like, you could do all this, and we're just using a cursor? Yeah, yeah, fair um, Aesthetically, like from the art side, it is a very sci-fi minority report sort of technology. So, like, did that inform the way you made it look and feel? Yeah, it, it's, that's one of those things that 
everybody sees it that way but me. Like, yeah. I, to me, it's not... Like, I, I, when people reference that or they say, oh, it looks like this or that sci-fi thing, I know what they're talking about. But to me, it's just some neon lines. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's just... Lo- Love it. I, I was looking at the game as a whole. That's what jumped out as, like, the first aesthetic that came to mind. And I was just... Unless someone had a better idea, that seemed like the right thing to me. So if sci-fi gets invoked in some people, it's because they're thinking about sci-fi. Sure. More neon than other games, or the most neon ever in any video game? <laughs> it's I a always lot of neon. associate hot pink with science fiction, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's a good illusion. This is a big Venn diagram overlap. <laughs> when, I, when I say to you, I think like Daft Punk or something. Or like, yeah. Daft yeah. yeah. Punk space. was actually probably one of the things that was cool more that I could call out as an influence. But I think it's so cool is like the UI ended up getting sort of integrated into the gameplay. So it's like the peak state when you're like yeah. have your full mm-hmm. combo going, then like it all pulses and has the same lines as the as the UI does. And it like really ties the game together and I think it's a really cool thing that we got going on. Further champion the idea that the UI is somehow the most important part of Tencentral. <laughs> yeah. When you're doing the best you can, the UI comes back to <laughs> in game. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I just really, yeah, it's a really cool look, and I'm, I'm glad that we got it to Good job, be really Mike. cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you guys have any sense of going forward with Kinect games? Do you think Microsoft will impose more strict standards for UI, menu It'll design? It'll be based on what we did. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I had, at the talk that I did, someone asked me that question, and, uh, like, I answered it, and I was like, well, yeah, I think there should be, like, more, it should be more uniform, maybe there should be a standard, and, like, and I said, like, well, I think that our UI could solve all the problems that, like, any other one does. And then that turned into an article on some website. Yeah, good, and, good work. And then, and then like, in the comments, some, with that. some guy called me conceited. Because oh. I'm like, oh, he thinks that he has the best UI. And I was like, no, I just thought there should be a standard. Huh? Well, no, and out of, I mean, out of context on paper, it might sound conceited. But I think, I think what you're saying, to provide more context, <laughs> yes, thank you, is that I think over time, like any console, there'll probably be an, an evolution of standards of, like, hey... Like Ryan said, like everyone rapid prototypes these first six concepts that like do not work, do not waste your time doing these things. Yeah. Like there are three types of navigation you can employ in your game that we know work. If you have a fourth type, like you have to apply for a waiver because no one knows if it works. Maybe yeah. it's going to be great, or maybe it's a huge waste of your time and development money. So I think if like the harmonic standard and then the mouse over and hold standard, are, like the two things, those seem to be the ones that work. And maybe there'll be games that don't need much UI at all, and that'll yeah. you know sort of not require Ryan's genius singular idea that rules all UIs. <laughs> yeah. Silence. I'm, yeah. I'm not genius. I can just prototype. You uh, did a good job. And, uh, well, it was the whole, the whole group of people. We had like there a, it is. There it is. There there it is. is. We had this it was arguing twice a week. Right. Yeah, we had, it was called a strike yeah. team. Yeah. And it's like we yeah. argue twice a week until eventually we could like like, we, me and Mike did all the work on the UI, really. But it was like, so, like, all of the arguing gets, like... But everyone else had the ideas, so everyone, everything gets funneled <laughs> through the two of us. Right. So it was a really cool way to work without having, like, I don't know, too no, many cooks great. in the kitchen. Right. Yeah, no, super collaborative without being super noisy. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was, it was a great way to prototype and work. Cool. And do things, even though you're not that smart. 
What else does Dummy Will Smith want to know? That's it. That Those was all his questions. That's all of his questions. He wrote them. I, I emailed so two him. of them were not even about. I emailed him like an hour ago. I was like, <laughs> okay. "Hey, you got any ideas?" And uh, he's like, "I'm at a conference. Here's three questions for my iPhone." Yeah, he's at the new TV conference where they're checking out like the future oh, of television. That's where he's gonna. It's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You but should the, be able to change uh, the channels by swiping your arm around. Like, yeah, there you go. If, can, I want Connect to be the device that rules all my. Like, I want to just be able to yell at my television. I think that's gonna happen. I can't wait. It's gonna be great. Even with ESPN, I don't like sports. I'm like, I'm like. Music and and like drama comedy TV guy, but like I have watched a ton of ESPN just because I can turn on live content and be like yeah. Xbox, show me something that's happening. And it's yeah. like here is something that's happening, magic. I don't even understand. I don't understand how it like it's like live feeds too, so you can yeah. watch like ESPN live and like I can watch the Celtics game over my Xbox, not over my cable box. And that's I was crazy. I was t- I was I, I was talking to somebody over Xbox Live about this. I think I was fifty. On the, was on video connect or was no? It? It's just oh, on, okay. we were just t- we were uh, hitting each other back and forth on text messaging on uh, on Xbox gotcha. Live. Where it was like, are you watching the Celtics game? I'm watching the Celtics game. What is happening? I feel like I'm living in the future. Yeah. You want to go dance in Dance Central? <laughs> Why are we doing this? <laughs> yep. Yeah, Xbox Connect. Go buy it right now. The hottest <laughs> new gift for the holiday season. I can't. I can't wait for the Netflix one to have Connect support. Oh, it'll be yes. ridiculous. It's gonna be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't even have to get up to find the remote anymore. I can just... I can't wait to see what happens to the E3 this year. Where they're like, hey, you know that thing we rolled out that's like super revolutionary but has been sort of a slow burn in terms of like cool prototyping games? Now a bunch of really crazy right. stuff's going to happen that's with that. So that's what I'm excited yeah. for. Round Four microphones. Round two of Connect. Yeah. Exactly. I think people needed to see a proof of concept. Mm-hmm. And there are really cool developers out there that I bet will do really cool things. No one as cool as us. None as cool as us. I mean, or with a better UI as us. Or modest. Or <laughs> handsome. None as modest as us. We're probably the most modest developer. Easily. We are <laughs> so the most, the most modest. Yeah. And the most handsome. And the most handsome. Cool. Well, guys, thank you very much. Um, we'll move on to our next segment, but I want to thank Mike Krentz and Ryan Chalinor. Um, you're welcome to stick around if you want. We're going to talk about DLC. But you can also go. <laughs> We've yeah. got meetings. Cool. Thanks, cool. Guys. We're Thanks guys. Thanks, guys. Welcome to the DLC roundtable segment of the podcast. It's a, uh, it's a yeah, it's we're kind of in a metaphoric. We're in a makeshift table. room this week. They're doing construction yeah. in our podcast room. We have Christmas lights. Nick is doing his best for the audio. He's hustling. Um, so this is sort of an exciting time because now in our podcasts, we're not only going to be announcing Rock Band DLC, but also Dance Central DLC. Check it. Yeah, Womp. it's pretty there cool. It is. Womp, there um, be the DLC. <laughs> Also, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start with uh, Dance Central. Um, there are four tracks that are already available as of right now that were out at launch. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lady Sobs, uh, I Got You Dancing. Neo, is that how you say it? Yeah. Yep. I I'm, I'm not plugged in. Come on, Pope. You're wearing a hat that looks almost That's exactly true. like Neo's Does Neo hat. wear the same he hat? wears that kind of hat all the time. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm going to buy his album. Because <laughs> of you is an awesome routine if you're getting good at the game and you want a little bit of a challenge. We've got Sean Paul's Temperature. Uh, Reggaeton. Yeah, Sean Paul. He is. He was big a few years ago. I don't know if you mm-hmm. remember, but like he was all over the radio. I love when you ask me questions about pop music and ask, I don't know if you remember <laughs> this Sean Paul character. He's pretty formative to R&B, hip-hop, and pop radio. And I'm like, yeah, Pope, I, yeah, from how tuned true. are you in? 
Yeah. John Drake is pop music. I am literally the environment. <laughs> we of should pop actually music. do a segment in a future podcast where someone quizzes you on really obscure pop. I'll own everyone. I don't know if obscure and pop are that's like a no, sort of a yeah, con- yeah. pop music trivia. And yeah. then, the, but the that's last song that's out right now. If you pre-ordered the game at Best Buy, Dan Central, you could get Janet Jackson's Control. Amazing, Pretty, which Crazy. is unreal. Janet Jackson, a an icon of dance from an yeah. icon family. Mm-hmm. So we. If you got that out there, Best Buy, make sure you redeem your code. If not, you know, stay tuned. We do these pre-orders sometimes, and they come out later. So, yep, watch the world. So those songs are already available, but coming out next week on November twenty-third, Tuesday, just like our Rock Band deal. One into your turkey holiday. Three songs: uh, the Black Eyed Peas. I got a feeling. Uh, mm-hmm. That's gonna be a good night, Pope. It's gonna. Be, you ever <laughs> yeah. heard that song? I probably have, but I don't know. Oh, how you it are. Goes. It's, but, it's everywhere. But I'm excited because it. this next track is something I've actually wanted in any of our games <laughs> yes. ever since I've been here because it's so good. Is cameos word up? Yes. And you were doing some derivative choreography oh. as soon as you found out this was coming out. What's the word? A word uh, up. It is so good. So good. Hey, and we have the corn version in Lego Rock Band. We do have the corn version, but this is the real, the real deal. There's Todd no piece and all. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen the video, but there are two cameos within the cameo video. LeVar Burton Unreal. and the singer's codpiece. I forgot the singer's name. I think it's Richard Blackman. I want to see Something I want to like see that. on the YouTubes. I want to see people get the routine to this and then as their family is playing Lego Rock Band, bust out the moves while they're singing. <laughs> That's a good idea. A word out. Crossover. It's such a good song. Yeah. Best song of the 1980s. And then last but not least, that yeah, this is another <laughs> great one. Tag Team's Woomp parentheses, there it is. <laughs> One of Tag Team's lesser known tracks. <laughs> it's a deep cut for so Tag Team. It's such a great canon of music. Check and direct. Tag I, can't, I actually can't wait to see what the routine's like for that one. It's probably going to be ridiculous. And we should be really clear that these songs are all available through your Xbox 360 dashboard. There's yes. no in game store for Dance Central. So unlike Rock Band, you got to head to the dash, browse your Connect store, and buy some tracks. And they are all super fun. Yeah. That is exciting. Drake, what is the plan for Dance Central DLC? Is it semi-regular? It's going to be regular, yeah. Regular? It's not going to be uh, It's not going to be on a week-to-week basis because, you know, we, I think we've said this before, it takes a lot of time to do choreography and motion capture and a bunch of stuff in the back end for Dance Central, so there's a little longer lead than, say, Rock Band. We have a whole team sort of, you know, the audio team can swat it sort of by themselves with a sort of specialized team. Dance Central's a little smaller of a group doing a lot more work, so we, uh, it takes a little bit longer. We're going to try to keep coming out with DLC, and hopefully if you, if you guys like the game and buy it, I'm sure that, you know, that can accelerate in the way that Rock Band accelerated. So just keep, keep your eyes peeled to the podcast and, and, and dancecentral.com for announcements. Vote yeah. with your dollars. Vote with your dollars. And these are $3 <laughs> each, right? $2.99, whatever that is in Microsoft points. Yeah. Was that uh, 240 Microsoft points then? Because $80 a dollar, 80 points yes. a dollar. I'm going to yeah. say yes. You know, do the math. <laughs> Fact it's, check. It's, Fact like, check it's, like a, it's like a pack of Altoids. Go, go buy some Dan Central <laughs> DLC and burn off the Altoids you just ate because I said Altoids. Um, let's get into Rock Band DLC. Yeah. Um, let's get into it. Released just this past week. You're not jive talking. <laughs> is a six pack from the Bee Gees. Including Amazing. the songs Jive Talking, Night Fever. Nights on Broadway, Staying Alive, Tragedy, and You Should Be Dancing. Yeah! Nice. Um, also, a couple singles, B.B. King's The Thrill Is Gone. Which I'm really excited yeah. about. I know, I can't believe we have B.B. King that's, in our game. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. That's Do crazy. you know, is that an original? Is, did he re-record it? I have no effing idea. That's pretty crazy. I'm excited. I know we were going after, I don't know, we'll see. It was, yeah. yeah. We'll double check for you, it'll be on rockband.com. Yeah, I'll find out. Um, and that one is actually authored for Pro Guitar. Oh, that's awesome. So you can buy the Pro As Guitar is upgrade. staying alive from the Bee Gees. That's right. Pro Guitar and Pro Bass. Yep. For both. 
Uh, and if any of them have keys or harmonies, they will have those. Right. Don't need to buy that separately. No. This is the Rock Band 3 file format. Going forward, it's going to be way easy. Yep. There's one more single that came out this past week, which yeah. is Procol Harum's Whiter Shade of Pale. Did you look up what that is? I think that's the one that's like, the whiter shade of pale. Oh, it's like a classic song. Yeah, right? Because I've never heard of Procol Harum before. Nick, but the do you, song know? Sounds you work in audio? Uh, for its song, it's a classic. It's a classic. <laughs> Confirmed it's a classic. classic. <laughs> um, and we've actually previously announced the DLC that's coming out next week, but I don't know if we had announced the date. No, we have not. Um, so next week's DLC is that John Lennon Imagine album, full album. Holy crap. Holla. With uh, pro guitar and bass authored for How Do You Sleep, which previous podcast I pointed out was a tough song. It's a barn mm-hmm. burner. It's, yeah. It's a, fight. it's a fight start song. It's a... John and Paul were in a fight at the time. Pope's, Pope's Beatles history. It's true. Coming at it's, you fresh. It is harsh. Yeah. It is harsh stuff. I'm, I, we covered it in great detail yeah. in yeah. our last podcast. Can I ask you a follow-up question? Sure. How do you sleep at night? Uh, two pillows under the head, uh, a stuffed animal under my arm, and a, p- a pillow between my legs. I'm going to say your <laughs> wife sleeps in a separate bed then, because that sounds like a lot of scotch. <laughs> TMI. TMI. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fully nude. Fully nude. No, that's, that part's not true. And we've escalated to a point yeah. where I'm not comfortable. Well, well, it's because I'm fully nude right now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Thank God it's not a video podcast. Let's hope we never get the camera that we ordered. Yet. This is why I'm so happy we sit next to human resources. Mm-hmm. And legal. Mm-hmm. And legal. Yeah. So, yeah. Um... That's that's it for uh, the DLC. It's a pretty pretty exciting time. We have crazy stuff coming up that we can't talk about yet, but really good slate of mm-hmm. things. Stay tuned, and also you know yeah. go back and check out what's in the Rock Band Music Store. We have our new recommendation engine. So if you're looking for more songs to play inside of Rock Band Three, there's a ton of content you can go back and check out. You may have never even seen it before, yeah. but now with set lists and recommendations, you might find some new cool stuff. Rock Band knows yep. what you like. It knows where it's you sleep terrifying. with how many pillows you have between mm-hmm. your legs. And <laughs> yeah, it will tell you yeah. what DLC to buy. That's right. It yeah. will. Um, Thrasher, do we have any news? Um, I have three pieces of news this right. week. What's the first one? The first one is R4XXP7X4KH RX2TV 2DKH3HQ4JZ. Eric, I think that the, the Thrasher bot's totally broken. Yeah. <laughs> and my second piece of news is 4QDVF-T3JCP-J7HDK-HVJMF-HH49Z. Still sounds like mm. letters and numbers to me. Yep. Third one's the track. My final piece of news, which something in here is missing, so you got to figure it out on your own, <laughs> is 4WHT4-KFDT. YT9VF6RF2QFHK2Z. Not a lot of news reports start with, something's missing in here. Got to figure it out for yourself. That's, I think that's why Rick Sanchez so, isn't yeah. here anymore. Yeah. Um, that and other reasons. Well, yeah. So, yeah, my, that's the news. And do with it what you will. All Actually, the there, is, there is other news. that, that we have other um, news. We do? Drake, what uh, was announced this past party. week that people should know? I believe the Fender Squire release date and price. Oh, yeah, that stuff's coming out. It's yeah. going to be huge. Uh, well, so it's coming out on, <laughs> uh, officially coming out on March 1st. There's a great website on Fender's website, uh, which you can find linked on rockband.com. Yeah. And that's the sort of official Fender landing page. We're actually launching a new website uh, the week that this podcast is coming out. Oh, cool. With more features and FAQs and all that stuff. And it's really great. I helped write some of the copy on it. I'm really excited nice. about it. Um, and that uh, is coming out March 1st officially. 
Um, and the price is going to be two seventy nine ninety nine in the states. There is European date and pricing information coming. Yep, I promise all you crazy European fans. And we're excited about our, our friends at Fender. They're they're kicking ass on this really really cool guitar. What about pre order? Uh, the pre order stuff's being worked out right now. Oh, okay. There'll definitely be pre orders up by one one eleven, maybe even sooner. Sweet. Um, so stay tuned to that website, that Fender website, and rockband.com. We'll post all the information of where you can go put your money down to get this revolutionary product that doesn't sound like marketing speak when you say it. Like <laughs> so. no, I think people are really excited about that. So that'll be very cool to see on the market. Yeah, man. It's going to be great. And it's coming out. And you know, you need the MIDI Pro adapter by Madcat, so pick that up now if you want to get your game and your mini pro adapter sitting in a nice comfy box, get it ready for Christmas and photo the guitar and get it for your kids and <laughs> everyone can get out there. And there's also the Mustang. If you want to get out there right now and try the pro guitar, I'm sure a lot of you out there are already playing. Pro guitar stuff is available on the Mustang uh, by Madcats as we speak. Yeah. Madcats.com. Really? Cool. Yep. Right. Madcats, C-A-T-Z. Yeah, there's a Z in there. There's a Z in there. That's how it works. There's no other way to spell it. There's a cats. Z in there. I'll let you guess where it is. <laughs> I'll let you guess where it is. <laughs> there's something missing. This is this is podcast 69. I'll let you guess where it is. Gross. Can't say that. Can't say that. Yeah. What's the podcast you're number? Making, it's 30. Number you're 30. 30. Job oh, it's every two harder weeks. right now, you realize. <laughs> That's he fair. He has to edit this and make it <laughs> We can say the number yeah, no, 69. Can, yeah, it doesn't have any inherent meaning. <laughs> leave it in. Leave it in. That's what she said. <laughs> oh, that's not so how you can, No, you can say that. Leave it in. Leave that in, too. <laughs> leave them all in. Um, great. So that wraps up episode 30 of the Rock Band. No, the Harmonics podcast. We yeah. talked about Dan Central. Diversification. Yeah. yeah, we make more than one product. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. I want to thank Ryan Chalinor and Mike Krentz uh, from our awesome team. I want to thank Nick Kalman for audio production on this, engineering. Uh, I also want to thank Will Smith from Testy.com for Hooray. sort of participating. Yeah, uh, sure, yes. He actually uh, wanted to send us recorded bits, but it was all too last minute. But maybe in a future podcast we'll have Phantom Will Smith. Just um, out here. Tell it's a yeah. mailbox. Yeah. <laughs> Um, great. So thanks for listening and catch you in a couple weeks. Ow!